Good morning, Love Chapel Hill. <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? Okay, so we'll get right into the word. Um, the The scripture that I chose is First Peter five ten, and um, this scripture meant a lot to me, and it helped shape me because. As um, for the last couple of years, I've been going through um, trials and hardships, and this is a scripture that helped to anchor me in that time. And it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And so to set the scene a little bit, the apostle Peter, who's also known as the apostle of hope, saw that it was increasing hardship for the Christians at that time and the people that they witnessed to because the the emperors at the time um, were persecuting them uh, for their beliefs. And some started to wonder if God had abandoned them. And so Peter wrote to encourage them and offer them hope in the, in the, in meaning in the midst of their suffering. It's significant that Peter chose to end with a prayer. He chose to end his instructions to um, the followers of Christ in prayer. So first Peter teaches us that God can use difficulties to strengthen us, right? And I walk with Christ. And knowing this can bring hope. So when reading First Peter, it helped me to discover how faith, refined by suffering, can help us to see God more clearly. I learned how to hold fast and hold firm to Jesus in difficult times. So I read the scripture again. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you firm and steadfast. So what does that mean, the God of all grace? So a lot of people define grace as unmerited favor. But I want to go a little deeper and say that grace is the very essence of God's being. Grace, it expresses his willingness to reach down with affection to people that could never um, deserve his favor, right? He loves us unconditionally, and he does things, good things for us freely. And through his son, Jesus, we received salvation, right, through his resurrection. So after you suffered a little while, this expression, after a little while, is in comparison to eternity, which is a far longer measure of time as we know it. In the Bible, we see examples of people experience sufferings for a very short time, like a few days to a few years or several years. So the biblical meaning of restoration is to receive back 
more than has been lost to the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. When we restore things, we make them back the same way. We tend to, right? But how beautiful is it that God will restore us in a way that we were better than we originally were? And that's 2 Corinthians 12 and 10. But he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for your power, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that, my, so that the power of Christ rests in me. So when, when it says that God will make us strong and firm, he's talking about, Paul is a great example. Paul said that in my weakness, God is our strength. Right. So when you go through things and sometimes you will hear stories that people have gone through things and you wonder how they're still standing. And it's the grace of God. It's the power of God. It's the strength of God that sustains us through those times. So I want to back up to first Peter chapter one and verse three through five, because it breaks down Peter's advice to us and how, what our response should be in these times, these hardships and in these trials and times of suffering. In verse 3 it says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. So Peter shows us that the proper response to God's great mercy is praise. He said, praises to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He praises God while acknowledging Christ. And in verse 4 it says, And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So Peter continues to explain that not only we not only are we born again, but we will receive inheritance because in Christ we have become heirs of God's endless fortunes. Because Christ, because in Christ we have become God's own children. So we've so that establishes our identity and I'll come back to that in a minute. And in verse 5, it says, Who through faith and shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So now Peter is saying that our merciful God who has caused us to be born again, who has given us living hope of eternal life and who has inheritance awaiting on us, awaiting us, is guarding us right now. He is guarding us from anything that might cause us to lose our salvation or inheritance. And I want to reference 2 Corinthians 4, 17. It says, for, light, for our light of momentary troubles are achieving us 
an eternal glory far that far outweighs them all. And then I want to Roman, reference um, Romans 8, 18 through 31. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So I want to talk about, now I want to talk about Bartimaeus. Um, he's often referred to, and it's in Mark 10, verse 46 through 52, if you're following along. Um, Bartimaeus was, refer was referred to as blind Bartimaeus. So automatically people associated him with his, identified him with his affliction. But Jesus is different in that he sees us for who we are. He sees us for Elena. He sees us for Joel. He sees us for Matt. He sees us as we are. He also sees our troubles, but he sees us for, our, for who we are. So in verse 46, it says, Jesus and his disciples went to Jericho. And as they were leaving, they were followed by a large crowd. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the, beside the road. When he heard that it was Jesus from Nazareth, he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Many people told the man to stop, but he shouted even louder. Son of David, have pity on me. So when we're going through things, hardships, sometimes voices within us will say, Jesus is too busy for our troubles, or why take our troubles to God? And sometimes even people will try to silence us. Sometimes our emotions, depression, um, anger, will try to suppress our needs for Jesus. Right. So in that time, I hope that you cry out to Jesus all the more, that you pray that God will suppress every obstacle trying to get you to him. They called out to the blind. So Jesus, let me back up in verse 49, it says, Jesus stopped and said, call him over. So it's amazing that Jesus didn't listen to the crowd and, and he was able to get his voice up over the crowd. They called out to the blind man and said, don't be afraid, come on, he is calling for you. The man threw off his coat and as he jumped up and ran to Jesus, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man answered, master, I want to see. And Jesus told him, you may go, for your eyes are healed because of your faith. Right away, the man could see, and as he went down the road with Jesus. So that's a good example of when we stay, when we stay steadfast and we're determined to get to Jesus, it is our faith. Jesus said it's our faith that healed us. Um, the woman, remember the woman with the issue of blood, she was so determined to get through the crowd. People were crowded around Jesus, and she had to fight to, through the crowd to get to Jesus just to touch the hem of his garment. And he turned to her and he said, it's your faith that healed you. 
So again, in your struggles, is my hope that you fight all the more, that you determine all the more, that when the noise gets loud and when the depression gets heavy and the anger gets heavy and the everything seems to burden you down, I hope that you cry out to Jesus all the more. So while this scripture is so important to me, this scripture was an anchor for me. Um, as I said, in the last couple of years, it's been very hard for me that I went through betrayal. I went through heartbreak, depression, anxiety, fear, and so many other things. Um, and so I understand uh, a few weeks ago when Sam said, some days just living is all you have strength to do. There were times when even taking a simple breath seemed too laborious. I understand when Paul went, when he wrote in 2 Corinthians, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength. Because of my storm, I had to keep my eyes on him, on Jesus, right? And so when I, um, before I went through this storm, God told me that he would deliver me. But I had to keep my focus and keep my eyes on him. And he would deliver me and everything would be well again. And it's very easy that when we're going through some things to get distracted by fear. When Peter was trying to come to Jesus on the water, he got distracted by fear. He got distracted by the waves. And so many things can distract us when we're going through hardships. That, but if we could keep our focus on Jesus, you ever play follow the leader, right? And so you have to keep your leader in sight, whoever you're following. And we're, when we're walking with Jesus, we're following Jesus, but it's so easy to get distracted by things that people say or our own pain, and we're human. So it's okay, it's okay that fear can come in and sometimes it can feel overwhelming, but if we can keep our focus on Jesus, if we can keep Jesus in sight, and how we do that is to keep the word of God. I encourage everyone to find a scripture that you can, that, that can anchor you when you go through some things, because it's the word of God, it's the Holy Spirit speaking continually. And it may not just be one scripture. It may be a, 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 a collection of scriptures that, that help sustain you and keep you close to God and encourage you and give you hope in that time. But that was the one scripture that I kept on my wall, on my phone, and I woke up every morning and said it and repeated it to myself and throughout the day just to remind me that God is a God that will not leave me nor forsake me. Sometimes when we're going through things, we feel far from God. But I want to say that we're never really far from God. Psalm 34 and 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And that's Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8. So two takeaways from 
um, my experience over the past couple of years is one, I learned to rely completely on God. Completely on God for strength, for comfort, for motivation. Um, people around me were very supportive. And you will experience sometimes where even the well-intended people, they will say things like um, when, the, um, when Jesus went to heal a blind man, his, the disciples asked him what sin did he or his parents commit? Like what did he do to bring it on himself? And sometimes life will bring things in, into, our, um, into our lives, but it's, and we tend to focus on the why. And what I want to say today is focus on the what. What purpose, what, how will God get the glory out of what you're going through? How will his works be shown through you? So the scripture I want to reference on reliance on God is Corinthians 1, 8 through 9. Suffering is a call to trust God, not the life-sustaining things of this world. So another thing that I learned was reward. That God would restore everything that I lost in the storm and then some. Suffering is working for us in great reward in heaven that will make up for every loss here a thousandfold. And that's 2 Corinthians 4, 17. So what does this mean for us today? I want to reference Isaiah 43, 2 through 1. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. What I want you to take away and, and to, to challenge what word is God giving you or what scriptures is God giving you to stand on through difficult times? How can you keep God in focus? How can you keep following Jesus despite the pain, despite the suffering, despite whatever you're going through? What can, who can you, who is God bringing into your life to help you get through these difficult times? Who is he removing to get through your, these difficult times? So while we're not currently being persecuted for our beliefs by hostile emperors, we are still pursued by the same enemy. And 1 Peter 5, 5, 8 says, be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So Peter challenges us today to let Jesus be our focus and let God be our strength. And so I want to end today just like Peter did with prayer. So if everyone could join me in prayer. 
Father God, we thank you for being a God that's able to do the exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. We thank you, Lord, that in the difficult times, you are always right there. We thank you, Lord, that you're always carrying us and that your right hand is always outstretched for us. We thank you, Lord, that fear, that pain, that there's nothing that can come against us that can keep us from you. We thank you for removing every obstacle to you. We thank you, Lord God, for your life-sustaining strength. We thank you for being our strength, for being our comfort. And we thank you, Lord God, for the works that will be shown through these difficult times. We thank you that you will be glorified through our deliverance through these difficult times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.